I gotta have some sort of a song to like get us going. You need like two tons of coffee and a. We're still down. <laughs> Here we go. What time is it? It is eight twenty-two. Eight twenty-two and Mark. Yes, sir. How you doing, buddy? I'm alive, well, kicking, refreshed, yeah. rejuvenated, yeah. fresh in from the plains of Spain Love it. and the beaches Heck yeah. and the city. Oh. It's all good. I can't complain. We've been gone for a while. We disappeared. Yeah. Well, we had to take a little break. Yeah. You know well, how it is. Is it a break or just you wanted to escape? I had to escape. Where the heck did you go? Like I said, took off to Spain <laughs> for 10 days, had a blast, saw lots of old friends, had a good time. Love it. Saw some beaches. What? Some beaches. Some beaches. Some beaches. Some beaches. beaches. Mark, when are you not having a good time? Hey, who is this? Who do we Dude. got here? Hold on. Somebody, I just hey, heard somebody someone talk. Someone jumped in. Oh, somebody yeah. just jumped in. Interesting. I think hey. we have a really famous guest with us today. Who do we have here? Mr. Prominent uh, New Mexico. Who am I? Let me that see. You are Senator, I think I know this guy. Senator Jeff Steinborn. Jeff is with us, baby. We love him. Great to be with you guys. He's hey, an awesome thanks dude. for being here, man. Humanity. Yes. This is, this is humanity. It's an honor. Totally. totally no, it's an okay. honor for us to have you, yes, man. Yes. It's our guests that make it. So yes. I know a lot of people probably, I mean, he's, he's like... You don't really have to say who he is. People know him, but we still need to say who he is. Well, yeah, but someone, who is, is someone in Turkey may not know him. Right. You know? <laughs> who True. is Jeff someone Steinborn? For, for my friends in Norway. Is, there you uh, go. They, they really like there to hear it. The Swedes know him. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. They probably, I bet you there's one guy who knows him. Oh, yeah. No doubt. The odds are just always <laughs> yeah. in favor. He's, he's recalling some glory days. <laughs> still not happy about my vote. So, on Mark, I'm going to let you do this. Why don't you... Tell us who Jeff is. Well, as I said before, Jeff is a senator from New Mexico representing District 36. District nice. 36. And Jeff, how long have you been in politics? I have been in elective office since 2007. Okay. With a voter mandated vacation from <laughs> 2011 to 2013. And uh, then got back in to a uh, to a different house seat after redistricting. Okay. So, um, yeah. And then I got elected to the Senate in 2016. Congratulations. And then reelected 2020. Awesome. Nice. So, yeah, it's it's actually going on, guys, my 14th year in office, if Yay. you can believe nice. that. Hey, good job. Yeah, yeah I could do that, flies. Good job. Yep, good job. And he, work. he is definitely a humanity... <laughs> Humanitarian. Nice. There we go again with the nose. Yeah. I don't know. Can I say this? I know we have Jeff with the don't say it. Don't. Like Jeff's like, don't ruin my career, man. We go into recording. We go into recording. Hafid's allergies kick in for some strange reason. Know me. I have no filters. I just go. Okay. So Jeff, how did you get into? What was the interest? What drew you to politics? Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. When I was um, in college and thinking about what I wanted to study in college, I, um, you know, I was just fascinated by the world of international relations and our U.S. government and kind of our role in the world mm -hmm. and and uh, just really more of a just a passionate kind of fascination with it more than anything. I didn't really at that time believe when I started studying government that uh, that I would be running for office or, mm -hmm. you know, right. Didn't, you know, there, it's not a well paved path to like employment or anything like that. I really just studied it because I was passionate about it right. more than anything else I was doing. And, um, I was doing a little environmental advocacy starting when I was 19. So, uh, yeah, I, I just started, just started studying it. And then, um, and then during college, I interned for a group called public citizen, which was a group started by Ralph Nader, oh, wow. one of his many advocacy organizations. Wow. I was at University of Texas in Austin. So suddenly I found myself interning at the Texas Capitol, oh, wow. working on consumer protections for some legislation. And I felt so awesome, like trying to help people mm. out and protect mm. people mm. who didn't know who I was. Mm. I was just kind of doing that. And it was challenging and rewarding all at the same time mm. that um, I felt like that was the path I wanted to go. That was kind of my... Intro, Mario. yeah. So, 
So there you go. And that kind of led to me ultimately moving to Washington, D.C. and mm. heading down this road. Oh, wow. So when did you actually show up in New Mexico? Well, I'm from Las Cruces. Right. Originally. So I was born and raised in this town. And then mm. I and then I went away. My parents split. My mom ended up in mm. Austin and I was in Austin for a while and then um, ended up going back there. So I came back to New Mexico. I ended up moving to Washington, working, doing some stuff in Austin. Mm. And then I really, I mean, I knew this is what I wanted to do. And, and so I kind of started doing some research. Next thing I know, I, I got a call from one of our U.S. Senate office, offices nice. mm. who knew I mm. was from here, knew I had worked in Washington, D.C. Mm. This is Senator Bingaman, Jeff Bingaman. Okay. Right. And uh, I, my name got thrown in the hat for this job, Good. being one of his kind of aides for southwestern New Mexico. Nice. And I was like, wow, okay, this is... It was a great job, and uh, I was suddenly going to be the senator's liaison to the military bases mm. and the border and, like, mm. all this crazy stuff. And uh, I just thought, okay, i got to go for this with both hands. Yeah. This is just kind of yeah. this, this thing popped into my right. universe, popped this into my lap, and, I mean, I was looking at it. So, yeah, I flew out here, and, and um, they offered me the job. Nice. I mean, not on the spot, but a few nice. days later. Heck yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, and so then I moved back to Las Cruces in 2001 to okay. um, be a field representative for Senator Jeff Bingman. Oh, nice. Awesome. Yeah, no, that's badass. And I've and yep. I seen, I seen Jeff before talk and speak, and he's a beast. For people <laughs> who don't know, he's a beast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank no. you. He's yeah, the, no, he's you the man. That's why we have yeah. him here today. Yeah, yeah he, he might look on camera like he's I might look really like a beast, shy. Uh, hopefully you can fix that he might post. look like he's just now, but he's a beast. He can handle stuff. He can get the job done. Great, great. All right, so what's new in New Mexico, especially Las Cruces? Man, well, film, you know, yeah. it's making a lot of news lately, and, and that's where I, of course, know you guys, and uh -huh. two of the coolest guys in this town, for sure. <laughs> no. I mean that. No, um, Mark, I call Mark the OG of the film industry here in Las Cruces, <laughs> and really OG, a person who um, had so much to do with me getting involved in film. I know. And, Remember uh, that? Absolutely. Wow. And uh, and then Hafid, one of the funniest guys I've ever met in my whole life. And, <laughs> and an awesome uh, filmmaker. And, you know, talk about art and politics All right. kind of dovetailing. Um, suddenly a picture that I put up on Facebook <laughs> about this ridiculous billboard taking that. aim at, at, at Muslims, basically. Yeah, uh, I, I suddenly that. stumbled across this parody video <laughs> of this picture that took off, and I was like, and it was Huffy, and I was like, oh my God, that is the funniest thing. So I was part of your fan club before we even met, oh, and then thanks. when we finally met, it was yeah. like, oh man, it was uh, me meant to be. It was meant to be. Yeah. It definitely was meant to be. Yeah, so the film industry is taken off in the state of New Mexico. The state just announced a new record. Right on. 800 and some odd million dollars a year in direct mm -hmm. spending in the state. And that was a record up from last year that was 600 and some odd million. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just direct. That's direct spending. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, so, and then in Las Cruces, we're setting records ourselves mm -hmm. from Las Cruces and the town and it's been a long journey. I tell you, it's nice. been a lot oh, of hard yeah. work oh, yeah. from all of us. And uh, it's yeah. great to it took be about paying some dividends. Ten years to get the ball rolling well, here. Well, it's ten years. Well, yeah, no, nah, but I mean, I mean, it we did. we yeah. met for coffee. Yeah, with you, me, Phil Lewis, and yep. uh, one other, the elder film liaison that used to work in the film office. Yep, and we sat there and talked for almost three hours. You know telling Jeff how the film industry mm. works and mm. this and that, and then it's a golden opportunity and mm. it's here in New Mexico. We have the incentives. Why isn't Las Cruces in the game? Yep. Yeah, and why isn't Las Cruces in the game? It is now. I know. <laughs> it is now. It's, uh, it's crazy. Yeah, you guys were really passionate about it and struggling. And mm -hmm. I remember in 2013 when we were re redoing the film incentives, you guys showed up and it was like a bunch of refugees poured into my, it was like, I was around so much abundance. I was around so much abundance, you know, with these studio executives and all of a sudden these guys all from the Las Cruces pour into this conference room in Santa Fe outside my legislative office. I was like the huddled masses. But uh, they were definitely my people. The Motley Crew showed yeah. up. <laughs> Please fight for us in this far-flung state yeah, capital. 
It was and, a total uh, fight. And, and that moment, that day, that day was one of the most consequential days. And me um, getting passionate and kind of having more clarity about the opportunity we have here right. to grow film industry here. Uh, because I saw how vibrant it was up in mm. up in um, northern Fe, New Mexico, Albuquerque. Yeah. I saw this industry that mm. we really hadn't been that exposed to mm. here. I mean, you had Mark, and mm. you know people who had worked in the industry, but your your average Joe, let alone your average elected mm. official. So um, when I saw that, everything you everybody was saying clicked, and I realized you know we had all the ingredients to right. be successful mm. here. We just had to put it together, mm. and that began that journey. Right. No, and it was it was a journey, man. It's like, yeah, we kind of Las Cruces area started for, from scratch. Yeah, you know, and Albuquerque did the same once too, yeah. and it took them ten years to get rolling. But it's, you know, like we always said, we'd go to city council meetings, we'd go to senate sessions, and it's like it's a billion dollar industry. Yeah, it's recession proof. Yeah. it's not going to go away. What do people want when they have to stay indoors and can't go anywhere? They want movies, right? Yeah. So right. it was like a no brainer, and he picked it up, and bam, we've been working, and we got a killer film office, we got yeah. killer employees. Mm -hmm. People are bringing movies in. Mm -hmm. You know, we had Mel Gibson here, we had. Uh, Bruce Willis, we had yeah. Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. so it's freaking exciting. Guys, now. It is, and it we is. got a we got a movie that's going to start on Monday. Right, mm -hmm. exactly. I, you know, yeah. Can't speak Say about too much, it. But, uh, can't speak yeah, too much but, about it. Yeah, that's all right. They'll, they'll, they'll start by the time this thing's <laughs> so, out, anyway. Yeah. Why do we always do yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. Why why is, why, I know guy. I do it too, but why do we do that? Because you Can't think you're live. Why? He thinks he's live it's all the time. <laughs> it's a proprietary <laughs> business. I know. You I guys know. get it? Can't tell you too much. All right. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Since but I think conduce to that. Yeah, let's just have some tea. Pop in a little music and pour a little tea. All right, we're going to do something different. You're going to hear my brother. This is my brother. And that's how he used to do it. He used to play this song while you pour tea. All right, this is my brother's violinist. Violinist. And we got some tea. Jeff, welcome. Thank you, brother. Your brother's the violinist? Yep. Yeah. I love the music you play on your show. Thank you. You know, I'm a drummer. I'm I know a you're positioning yeah. yourself. Yeah. I know you're a man of multi talents. Can you hand one? So down? I actually can thank appreciate you, good music. Thank you. Thank and you. So we're, we're back to humanity. Oh, back to humanity again. Cheers. 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 Yeah, we'll do the Cheers. Hollywood thing. Yeah. <laughs> Love you. Mean Love it. You. Okay. Sure. <laughs> and uh, hopefully it's good. All right. Very good. Not bad. A little uh, blue zinger we got going on. All right. Good. We're back into it. Uh -huh. So, Jeff. What is like your pride legislation that you got out there and got going? Hmm. Or you just have like tons of them? No, no, like there's, there's a I few start? things I'm, 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 I'm really proud of. Um, you know, the 5% for the film industry, I mean, while we're talking about film, that was um, a huge, huge thing for us. And um, such a David versus Goliath story mm. about making it happen. Right. Mm. So explain to sure. listeners kind of how the incentive works and, sure. and that 5% you got tacked on. So New Mexico's whole film industry, really the success of it is built upon what's known as a film incentive. Mm. It was started in 2002 under the last year of the Johnson administration, mm. something that he and his libertarian limited government ways did not want a lot of people to know of when he agreed to it in the last year. It's like, all right, I'll do it. But just don't tell a lot of people. <laughs> right. That's the story as it's been told to me. Right. Uh, but that's when it started. And we had a film incentive. of New Mexico was one of the first states in the country to do it. I think IATSE was really instrumental in pushing for it. And I think uh, we were we had a 15% rebate on films that came here. That's the, mm. the way the film incentive works, is mm. we give films a rebate on the cost of what they spend here in the state. And then um, every governor that's come in since Johnson, Bill Richardson, Susanna Martinez, mm. and now Michelle Lujan Grisham, have all made it better. Mm. And since New Mexico came online, you know, 30 to 40 other states plus have enacted film incentives. Other countries have done film incentives. And so it's really been the story of how the film industry has left California and moved all over the world. Mm -hmm. And Arizona just enacted a film incentive. Right. And so, mm -hmm. you know, all these things affect us, of course, mm -hmm. in our position. So as we've looked at how to be effective here in Las Cruces and recruit films, you know, it's a very unionized industry and there's a lot of economics about why a film would come here or not mm -hmm. come here. 
It's not just about how great our locations are and they're fantastic, mm -hmm. but it's about the cost of filming here. And um, while we grow a crew base, there's a certain amount of crew that has to be brought in. And so, you know, even as the film industry grew in the state, I would always hope, I think we all would, we would applaud the things that would happen and we'd expect to see a windfall down <laughs> sure, here. Sure. And yet every day, like a dagger in my heart, I'd see press release after press release about you know, movies and TV series and they're all in up north. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I tried different things year after year. I had different bills. Mm. Um, we tried different things as, of course, as a film office. And finally, I, I saw that um, in New York and in Louisiana, they had enacted a special film incentive for areas outside of the main film production center oh, to help incentivize film to go to those areas mm. and help offset some of those costs they might have of bringing in crew. Mm. So I just thought it was a perfect idea for New Mexico. Mm -hmm. I started working on a proposal, and then I went to Santa Fe and set about trying to... Um, and, and we were then working on the big Senate Bill 2 um, legislation in 2019 to, to increase our cap from 50 million a year to 100 plus million. And so I realized that was the perfect time for us to try to get our incentive because mm -hmm. they were going to obviously want my vote. They were going to want a lot of people's votes. There you go. And that was our leverage nice. to be able to say, hey, you guys want us to keep shelling out to support this film industry? it's time that we create a system that actually works for the whole state. That's right. Right. And so I started organizing people on the other side of the aisle, yeah. people from all over the state. I remember, you know, walking down the hall and talking to the Senator from Hobbs and Roswell <laughs> and Alan McGordo and saying, you do understand like, this is what we need to do to work for us. So yeah. this, this extra 5%. So, um, it's hilarious. First time I told the governor about it, we were going on a bike ride right. to celebrate another bill that I'm super proud of that created the Outdoor Recreation Office of mm -hmm. the state, the Outdoor Recreation Division. Mm -hmm. That was a bill that I that I uh, sponsored and wrote. And so the governor wanted to celebrate that bill by taking a bike ride to the Capitol. Mm -hmm. Cool. Mm -hmm. So the plan was to meet at the governor's mansion and ride our bikes. Mm -hmm. True story. So, of course, I didn't have a bike with me in santa fe right. i borrowed one someone dropped me off and i'm expecting this whole cadre of people with their bikes out in the parking lot and there's nobody no. there's literally nobody i'm like it's like hilarious right it's like a sitcom i show up at the governor's mansion i'm in the parking lot with this bike what do i do and right. i said to the security guy uh, what should i do and he goes we'll go knock on the door <laughs> swear to god all right all right governor and um she opens the door right true story and and there's her cabinet secretary for economic development and tourism. And we're all going to ride our bikes to the Capitol to celebrate this bill that we're going to be introducing later that day, the outdoor bill. Right. And I say, governor, you mind if I talk to you about film? Right. <laughs> sure. And she had just gotten sworn in. I mean, she had just started. So she was still moving into the governor's that's mansion. Why, that's why wild. I said he's a beast. Yeah. So, <laughs> hey, man, I, you got to be a shark and you got to it's play the it's, game. It's rare yeah. that you have that face time sure, to yeah, with sure, a governor. Sure. And you just got to take advantage of them, wherever right. you are. That's Good. right. That's remind me, that, yeah. remind me to tell you the story when I flew to help Governor Richardson in the Iowa caucus when he was running for president so I could <laughs> lobby him for a veterans museum. But uh, you got to do what you got to do. That's but I, right. was, I was a supporter. But uh, so anyway, I started talking to him about the film and said, uh -huh. here's what we need to do. And people up north, the haves, they're not very used to throwing a bone to people around the rest mm -hmm. of the state. So they mm -hmm. were skeptical. And of that course. started a long process where ultimately... I was successful and um, and convinced them that it was the right thing to do. They also were maybe a little fearful that they needed the oh, boats from around uh -huh, the state. Uh -huh. So they agreed to the 5%, uh -huh. and now it's become law. And in the press release yesterday, you have that full circle moment where they go, this is the big coup de grace, the rural film incentive. And, and we went from literally $6 million a year in sales in the rural areas and direct spending in fiscal year 21 to $50 million. Uh -huh this last fiscal year in nice. 2020. So yeah, yeah so it's good. it's cool. We're on the path. And you know, for everyone listening, know this. It's just to level the playing field. Right. This 5% mm -hmm. just levels the playing field. We're already giving out up to 30% to film productions. Mm -hmm. So we're already giving them an incentive to come here. So to give them a little bit more to help them be able to, you know, meet their costs 
And so while we grow a crew base, while we grow up uh, another film production mm -hmm. center. And so that's the whole grow is to create new film production centers around the state. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what Las Cruces is doing. Our, cr our crew base has grown a lot. So anyway, I'm really proud of that 5%. That's obviously. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's good. Spread that's good. the business across the whole state instead of just in certain parts. That's it. Yeah. Should be because yeah. we're all as taxpayers paying for exactly. the exactly. film industry. So everybody should, should benefit. Yeah. Everybody should benefit. We should Why share not? the benefits. So, so I mean, the game of politics, you know, like you said, it's, it's, it's hunting people down. It's, you know, bending their ear and saying, you play ball with me, I'll play ball with you. Elaborate on, on that. Cause a lot of people hate politics, Yeah, but to me, it's really fascinating. It is. Yeah. And I've never, ever, and I'm still not, um, a politician who trades votes. It's, it's for me though. Definitely, it was a moment where I understood, okay, there is a moment of leverage because a whole lot of people want that bill to pass. They want to raise that cap. They want to do that. And one thing you do learn, and this is the cool thing about having a vote, I guess on any body you're on, elected body you're on, but in the legislature is if you're on a committee where they need your vote for something to pass or you're suddenly on the Senate floor and you're debating a bill, mm doesn't matter how much time people have put into preparing this beautiful little piece of legislation and you know who signed off on it and who participated and when he gets into that moment it's mm. kind of a must-pass situation for the people that really want it mm. and so if your issue hasn't been addressed you have an opportunity to amend that bill mm. and if you have the votes you have the votes so i i realized from 2013 i could tell you a crazy story though that year it, when it kind of dawned on me what was going on, I had some notions even then about when you all had come up and we had the uh, tax change under Martinez. And I had an epiphany about, you know, maybe we need to put something in here for rural areas. And I had a big film guy kind of insultingly to tell me, Senator or Representative, why don't you use your capital outlay for that? And we're shelling out fifty million a year for the film industry, and he's telling me use my little limited. And, and I was like, "Oh wow, okay, that was insulting." And um, but you know, lessons learned. Now suddenly, you know, you go through all these iterations. Now all these years later, you see this happening. You see it all coming. You realize, okay, we have leverage this time, and it would be an injustice to Las Cruces and all of our communities if we did not make an amendment here that would work for all of us so uh yeah you know it's just you, you got it really it's about organizing mark um just like everything we do with film las cruces or you know if you're out there working on an initiative mm -hmm. with your city council and spay neuter whatever it is mm -hmm. you just can't do it in a vacuum you've got to talk to people you've got to create a um concise idea that you communicate to people build support build coalitions and being an elective office i'm still an advocate mm. it's just now i'm kind of inside the room mm. and i'm directly communicating these people sure. who have a vote but you know as you know mark from the very beginning i mean i i got you all up to the capitol and you all were sleeping on my living room floor up there yeah. in my little rented <laughs> condo and like you're working the floor and we're so it's all about organizing and um that's how you have to be effective in government right. yeah. and advocacy, even if you're in the nonprofit world, which I am, that's how I make my living. Mm -hmm. So it's really, yeah, it's really, but some people, you know, do horse trade in those kinds of disgusting ways in politics, mm -hmm. right? Where they may sell themselves out on sure. something that maybe their principles normally wouldn't support. And I, I've never, that's, I can't do that. That's I mean, my stuff. Yeah. rule one for a politician should be for the people, right. by the people and all that that's it but then you have those that bend and make it about themselves and <laughs> that's it and um, power and right and there's a lot of those. the seduction of power mm. yeah it is yeah, you know it was speaking of the seduction of power i mean our, our whole country has gone through a really weird phase in the last five years yeah. you know and you, you see the good the bad and the ugly all right in front yep out in the open but you see the general public can't tell or decipher what is the good bad and the ugly you know, true misinformation, information. A lot about politics is information, and we hope that our politicians are giving out proper information and truthful information. You know, based upon our 
our ways and our ways of life, our constitution, the, the way things should be done and handled. But we've seen a lot of leakage of misinformation in sure. the last couple of years. Sure. So how do you as a politician battle that hmm. and then try to make sure your constituents or your people that are supporting you get the proper information? Well, you have to be truthful and make sure that you're... Um, you're being honest about why you're doing what you're doing. And sometimes people don't understand the reality of a situation. So rather than allow a misperception to just hang in there when you see it, you know, educate people. Mm. And I think part of my job is to be a conduit for the truth, right. actually, mm. and to educate people, my constituents about here's what's really going on. I love to help people get inside that room. I, I love to teach young people that come to the Capitol or whatever, or people that call and say, how does this really work, the committee mm. process? How to demystify it and tell mm. them, here's how it really works. And, you know, something, another thing I did that I was really proud of that I've always fought for is more transparency of the of the state government. And I got um, a rule, uh, well, a rule change to require webcasting of mm. videoing all of our committee meetings and then archiving it. So that way people could get in the room, they could participate with it. So that's the thing, you know, I, I, um, I don't like bullies and I don't like, you know, people who lord their power over other people. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, two words, which I really took to heart from my first days working for Senator Bingman, those words, public service. Right. What does that really mean? You're a <clears throat> servant to the public. Right. And sometimes, literally, when I was in that job, I had a salary. Now, as legislators, we don't get paid a salary. I know that'll blow a lot of people's minds. I don't get paid a salary to do this job. When mm. I travel, I get paid per diem. Mm. But nonetheless, I'm an elected position, and so I work for the people. So mm. I think that should be a humbling posture towards mm. the world. And, mm. you know, so that's it, Mark. Just try to be humble, be kind, even in pressure-filled moments. <laughs> Uh, it's easy to lose it and you know where some of the most despicable things you've seen in politics are people who lured that power right and, mm -hmm. and I just have contempt for that so yeah and sometimes that means you got to be tough too though sure. I mean I'm not a pushover and I feel very strongly mm -hmm. about things I feel strongly about and so uh, I'll fight like heck for things I believe in but mm -hmm. at any rate it's I learned a long time ago one of the best things you can do or like one of the highest things you can achieve is if you can be agreeable while you're being disagreeable, mm -hmm. which it's, it's hard to do. Oh, it's, it's really these hard, days, especially in politics. <laughs> right. So and I'm not saying I'm successful at it by any means mm -hmm. all the time, but uh, whatever. I having said that, it's more important to fight for things that are important. I mean, it's. So, yeah, so what other bills were important to you that you fought for and achieved and got passed? And yeah, well, growing the outdoor industry was huge. You know, creating an independent ethics commission in the state, that was a big deal that I managed to help get through and webcasting of committee hearings and contribution limits in our elections. Good. New Mexico used to have no contribution limits. And so we would have these fat cats who would suddenly drop a $20,000 check in a mm. legislative race. Mm. So I worked really hard to get contribution limits. And, and what uh, is it now? It's Well, it matches the federal mm. contribution limits. So okay. it, it goes up every year, but it's... It's <laughs> it's controllable now. Yeah, it's yeah, still, you can it's control still it a now. lot. But even then with Citizens United, I mean, we've, we've done, you know, the legislature's done some interesting things. And mm. I didn't vote for all those mm. things because I fought really hard to put limits in there. Mm. Uh, Citizens United at the federal Supreme Court level really screwed it up because they allowed kind of unlimited corporate money to come into elections. Yeah. Can we get rid of that? The Supreme Court? Yeah, that too. <laughs> For Citizens United. Yeah. So uh, anyway, these are all things I'm, uh, I'm proud of. And uh, the, the Rio Grande Trail, you know, that's a really cool project to create a statewide trail going from uh, Texas all the way up to Colorado. That, oh, wow. Cool. Yep. That... Um, I got done. I'm sure some other ideas. There's some other things will come to me while we're talking. <clears throat> I might not be talking much. I'm just listening. It's this all... episode, I'm just learning from Jeff. It, I know. And there, <laughs> there is so much to learn, yeah. you know, and a lot of people just, 
<clears throat> what I what I've found out in the last couple of years because of all the bruja that's going on that a lot of people are are how do you say they they've gotten turned off. Yeah. You know, and it should be the opposite. You should get more turned on. You know, but they're like, oh, why should I even bother? My vote doesn't count. Mm-hmm. Nothing's going to change. And they get complacent. And it's like, well, that's how the opposition wins and gains power. And I've gotten into some really big discussions with some of my friends mm-hmm. about that. And I'm like, no, you have to go out and vote more than ever now yep. and not give up. Yep. You know, because I, I believe in our Constitution. I believe in our principles. I believe in our a democratic republic. You know, and I believe the way the things work are pretty good. You know, there's some things that definitely need overhauling and amended now. And we should have the right to do that as the people, you know, but certain politicians are blocking those things and uh, they're protecting certain entities and stuff like that. And this is why I'm telling my friends, you got to go out and vote more than ever now. Yeah. What what would you say to the public Mm -hmm. to get them back into it, to get them to go vote, to, to make them feel like their voices will be heard? Well, I'm always confounded. I think there's enough information out in the world that people should be able to see with their own eyes what's going on in society. I mean, what's going on with the Supreme Court and women's reproductive rights? You know, what happened on January 6th to our capital? Mm. You know, police were beat with flagpoles. And anybody who would look you in the eye and say that person who beat is a patriot or a political party who stood by and said nothing or the, the leaders of like I, I'm I will never understand how people can be deluded into thinking Yeah, those are the good guys in that um, in that situation. So six people died that day. Yeah. And six Americans. So yeah. I think um Tantifa. But, huh. but at the same time, <laughs> yeah, Taurus, Taurus, yeah, right. yeah. yeah, they really just got lost on there the way to high feed, oh, okay. Maryland blue crabs in the uh, DC metro. But yeah. at any rate, but you know, the truth is though, it's, it's, it's sad, but there is so much entertainment media that's geared towards um, convincing people of an agenda. And there's lots of money that's made off of stoking those fears mm-hmm. and those flames. And I think some people understand that that's what's going on. And of course, a lot of people just fall prey to it. And that's the only place where they get their information. You know, back in the day, um, as we were growing up, when we had three news channels, mm-hmm. the media, that information was fairly nonpartisan. Sure. You heard Walter Cronkite or Tom Brokaw or whatever, and they laid it out fairly straight. Right. It's almost mm-hmm. like NPR. Um and then we got in the world of entertainment press. And yeah. so I think that's unfortunately the root of a lot of this bifurcation of how we perceive information and facts. But uh, yeah, I guess we just have no choice but to keep talking through it and talking to our fellow Americans and our fellow citizens and organizing. And at the end of the day, you know, winning. I mean, mm-hmm. make no mistake, there are some people you will never convince of yeah. your perspective, yeah. but you yourself have to vote. So that the ultimate person who's in office representing you is representing and being, you know, fighters for our democracy and truth and the planet. If you don't vote, then you're basically relegating that Mm -hmm. power Mm -hmm. to the person that is voting. So your vote does matter. Mm -hmm. You know, we still have fair and free elections in this country. Mm -hmm. Thank God. Mm -hmm. And so make sure you vote. We have a really important election, of course, coming up in November. Yep. Um, right here in our congressional seat is is one of the most biggest battleground seats in the whole Congress. Right, so right. make sure you get out and vote. Yeah, and get get educated properly too. Right. Do some homework. I feel a lot of people just yeah. don't. They want it handed to them. Yeah, you know. And like you said, so there's there's two hands feeding people. One may be just, one may be unjust. You know. So it's like. Do some homework on your set by yourselves. Get out there, get educated, go to the and you can find out so much good, truthful yeah. information out there now, and it's it's right at your fingertips. It's right at your cell phone. But a lot of people 
don't bother to. Yeah, you know I, they I don't. I think they do. They're just too many sources, man, and you get lost in. Yeah, the but even like like reading the and, reading the voting ballots mm-hmm. and and reading who's pushing what and et cetera, et cetera, or, or tuning in sure. and, and listening to. And, and you know, in all fairness, I mean, people are dealing with higher prices or whatever, and sure. so then they may not. They're so busy leading their life. They may not really know who's responsible for it or right. they're going to buy into a narrative that, okay, it's this guy's fault or this person's mm, right. fault. And it's hard to sometimes <clears throat> separate the truth from the fiction mm-hmm. and know, you know, and hey, if you're struggling to survive, which so many people are, all these other things are like academic sure. when you're struggling sure. to pay the bills sure. and feed your family. Go to that primal is, needs again. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to cover your basic needs before you have the luxury of thinking yeah. about some of these other things. So it's a tough deal, man. It's not an easy job to do well <laughs> to be the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? Mm-hmm. No. And, and it's, it's, it's scary a lot of times because there are outside other like economic forces that play against them that may put them in a bad yeah. light. I, I mean, it's the four years. Dude. Well, dude, you look at the I perfect storm go, of, I think it needs to go longer of Germany. You know, look what happened to Germany yeah. and the perfect storm and Hitler walked right into it and he took over, Yeah, you know, because there was a lot of economics a lot of hardship involved mm-hmm. and he's the guy who said hey yeah. you fellow workers know. we're going to improve <clears throat> your lives we're going to do yeah. this and, we're, and he was feeding them a lot of bs yep. you know and people took the, the bait you can that can be exploited yeah and that, that's a scary thing Easily. you know yeah. but so so elections matter and you know when you're lucky enough to elect somebody who cares about the people and cares about you know the democracy and things bigger than themselves mm-hmm. basically right. the future the planet mm-hmm. that's that's and don't you get that goes back to education like you said it's, it's a lot of people it does. It's, it it's, does. it's crazy like it's almost like there's a black and white if you notice there's always it's either this or that yeah and this and that there's like there's more spectrum in between than yeah it's either planet oh, give me gas there's more there's in between man like and that's i think that's true. where we get a little bit lost because it's yeah. hard to it's to true really like th- th- there's no way to get to it in other words it's either i go have to go and, and i had that problem previously it's either go here or go here yeah there's a lot of stuff in between. there mm-hmm. is yeah no you gotta and open your mind you gotta, you gotta yeah, look and and and, and, and I don't know how you're going to fix that problem, honestly. I don't know. I know, like you said. Keep politicking. <laughs> yeah. And I well, think. Keep, and, and, but, you know, there are people in political life of both parties who are not all one way or the other. Mm-hmm. There are, you know, Democrats who are, you know, embrace things that some people may associate as being, quote, conservative, mm-hmm. whether it's on security issues mm-hmm. or guns or economics and other things. And then there's. People on the right side of the spectrum who sometimes care about the environment, care mm-hmm. about democracy, and right. will stand up to a president of their own party. Mm-hmm. Those are sadly more unique when you see it, but things to be really commended and recognized. There are people in office that care about things greater than themselves mm-hmm. and the truth and um, and aren't going to just pander endlessly. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? So, and I think that's another problem too, because a lot of people, when, whenever you bring politics, Ah, oh, they're they're all the same. Yeah, you know, you get that. They're all the same. Um, but like you said, there's there are good people in there. They're really good people. There are. It's it's. Um, I don't know. You think we should change the presidency time? It should be more than eight years or something. I don't know. I think it should be ten years. I think we need term limits on all political offices. No, I think it should be ten years <laughs> for a president. Especially the this Supreme is my Court. problem. This is my problem. Why you get a pre- you get a president, he comes in in there, and and correct me if I'm yeah. if I'm wrong because I have no idea what I'm fucking talking about. <laughs> okay, but you get a president for four years. He comes in for those two years. He's barely trying to adjust whatever was from the president prior to him. Right. And by the time we get it, he gets the momentum. Now he has to deviate and go into another election year. <laughs> right. So never nothing gets done. You know, I don't know. It's tough, but it depends on the efficiency of the people around you, too, and the teams you have. You know, it's like certain presidents get in there and they just are inept, you know, because they really don't have a proper team or they're changing their team every other week. Yeah. You know, so you you have good examples. Let me ask you this, Jeff. (laughs) Is the country divided? Are you kidding? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The country's very divided. Yeah. Yeah. 
very it's divided. It's very polarized, and it's you know yeah. it's kind of sad. And they've done polling on this, like mm-hmm. Pew Charitable Trust, mm-hmm. and you know not only is the country divided in how they view they view things, but they feel much more strongly that the other side is an existential threat mm-hmm. to survival in their way of life. So right. they feel passionate and fearful about the other side. So, so it's, there's another reason why you got to get out and vote. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is this from both sides or just one side? No, No, I think, I think both both sides. 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 Mm -hmm. Yep. And listen, I mean, I think sometimes there's, it's valid, Mm. but then sometimes it's, it's, it's laughable. I mean, it's just like, you know, a harmless bunny being Mm. a threat to your existence. Mm. Uh, No, actually not. Mm. But, but, you know, we hear those kinds of arguments made depending upon what side you're on and um, people have a hard time distinguishing the truth right sometimes so was this always existing did this always exist no or it just not in, in, no and it's just in build now we just seen it now it was a build-up it was abs- yeah. absolutely something that yeah and that then, i think you can, to me it feels like it was who let the dogs out with the it is well, but then again, know. it's like you said, the entertainment industry yeah. and the news and yeah. the, the yeah, and so people are spinning things for right. entertainment pers- you know, right. perspectives talk, and talk radio and 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 they they push the envelope and talk trash right. just to get the audience, and then you know, then the audience starts believing. Right. Well, hey, that makes sense. Right. And, I'm gonna th- yeah, and, and, and people, you know, it's interesting. There was a guy named George Lakoff. There is a guy named George Lakoff. He, uh, he wrote an interesting book called um, is it Talk Like an Elephant or Think Like an Elephant. I, I think I've got that wrong, a word or two, but something elephant. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, we'll, we'll check it for but, you. <laughs> but it was, it was all about kind of how you communicate issues to people and um, how you frame things. Mm. And what Lakoff's whole point was from a sociologist perspective based upon his research was that... Uh, people are very inclined to believe what they believe and that's it. And they interpret Mm. new information based upon um, either fitting into something they believe Mm. or they're going to take offense to it. If it's Mm. against something they believe Mm. rather than process new information Mm. and maybe reevaluate, they're going to actually look at the person telling them contrary information Mm. as a threat. Right. And um, which kind of changes maybe how, if you're in government, how you communicate, maybe you speak in terms that someone does understand, which is kind of fun as a Democrat. Sometimes I mm. attempt to talk to mm. my Republican colleagues as, mm. this is a conservative idea. Yeah, and right. I, you know, and they're like, cut it out, Steinmore. We know what you're trying to do, but uh, yeah, it ain't working on us, kid. We're still trying to protect the environment over there. But, uh, no, but, but uh, you're, you're yeah. right. You're right, though. Like, I've seen a lot of people, they take information not for the sake of the truth. It's yeah. for the sake of applying it to whatever yeah. I believe it's, and make it work with whatever I believe. Yeah. It's, 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 it's personal. It's, so, hey, it's you know, personal instead of logical. So as a society, <laughs> I mean, what are, what are some of the antidotes, right? Mm, what can we mm, do to mm. help? Education, I think, is, you know, is, is, is a good thing for us to invest in as a society. Mm. And, you know, trying to advance people sure. as far along as possible so that they can become more informed, Mm-hmm. More educated, just develop critical thinking yeah, skills, that's and um, so that's I think one thing we can do as a society to yeah. help to help you know kind of insulate ourselves from just being. So, how do you feel about our education system in uh, America? Uh, <laughs> well, needs a lot of fixing. It huh? needs improvement. Needs it needs improvement. Funding, you yeah. know. I know here, education, here yeah. in the state of New Mexico, we've made a lot of um, improvements. It's it's really, we've done some amazing things here in the state that will take a long time to see the fruits of it. But right. we, we're the first state in the country to give free college, yeah. as I understand. Yeah. Yep. That's huge. Mm-hmm. That's huge. And, um, you know, so giving people an upward path, right? you know, it's just big for a lot of reasons. and dealing with poverty here in the mm-hmm. state. I mean, that's a generational policy kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So I think as a country, that's what we ought to be doing. Yeah. Honestly. Across and, the board. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and um, so, you know, just got to keep working, guys. What are some of the other big topics pertinent to New Mexico that you've helped move along that are good for the people, good for the state? 
Well, you know, here in here in the state, we've we've dealt with climate issues pretty aggressively and right. renewable energy. You know, we've we've um, we obviously know we have a lot of sun and mm-hmm. you know wind in some parts of the state. Years ago, not everybody was in agreement. You can guess who was in support of it and who wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but we created what's called a renewable portfolio standard, awesome. where we require utilities to get. You know, first I think it was 15, and then we bumped it up to 20% of their energy from renewable energy mm-hmm. sources. Nice. This really jump-started the solar industry here in the state mm-hmm. of New Mexico mm-hmm. so that we could uh, we could export it. It took us years w- because we had the utilities fighting us tooth and nail and certain predictable parties. Um, but democratizing how people could access solar power. Right. So now we've created this new concept called community solar. Mm-hmm. where you could, as a citizen, could buy into a subscription of solar power service without having to even install solar panels on your house. Really? That's mm-hmm. huge. This is a brand new law we passed a year ago um, that now we're creating rules for called community solar. So how does that work? Well, you know, you'll have basically big solar farms that will sell subscription service for it. And so, you know, it's it's, you know, on the transmission lines out there you know we've got neutrons flowing mm-hmm. all directions so so you can basically say well this is where i want to get my energy from and uh-huh. you become a customer that. of that mm-hmm. system mm-hmm. but in the case of solar power you don't have to pay fifteen thousand dollars to put solar panels on your house which yeah. is very exclusionary and sure. expensive that's right? awesome so yeah but how does the electricity go through the same grid oh yeah absolutely it's all still going along the transmission lines okay all so right. so my point is is Things like this that help get more people using clean energy. New Mexico is really helping to do some awesome stuff moving in that direction. And then, and then a couple of years ago, we passed a major law called the Energy Transmission Act. Or no, 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 um, the Energy. Uh, yeah, it might be the Energy Transition Act, which basically said that we're going to be totally carbon free by like 2050 in mm. that all the utilities in the state would actually have to go completely um, carbon carbon free to where they mm. weren't using any fossil fuels. So mm. so that was just a huge, huge deal. And now, um, and as a part of that, we see them making major investments in solar Darn plants down. and wind. Mm. So New Mexico is helping to lead the way. And of course, people fought against it. The only thing that it made that happen was winning elections and getting... Those types of leaders in office, frankly, our governor has um, presided over and championed some really good stuff. Mm. I mean, in the state state government, um, we obviously legalized cannabis. Yeah, mm-hmm. we had a whole political party largely against mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Of course. And now, uh, you know, it's funny. One of my colleagues who voted against that suddenly, I was watching a webcast the other day of a committee hearing of the economic development in Albuquerque. Where he's saying, y'all really ought to put an edible plant down in my community. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there laughing like, wait a minute. That's Isn't great. the same guy who voted against right. it? And of I course. heard another guy lamenting the low wages paid to certain industries. And this time I'm like, wait a minute. Weren't you the guy who voted against minimum wage? <laughs> right, right, so, right. you know, that's uh, yeah, I had one conservative old colleague dude. of mine who's no longer there said, Everyone wants to go to heaven. They just don't want to die to get there. Yeah. So, uh, you yeah. know, people love the fruits of good, progressive, forward-looking government. Mm-hmm. They just don't always have it within them to, to, yeah. to vote with the people to do but it. But it's so. going to happen eventually, right? No. No? No. I mean, come Not on, look at like the EV, the electric vehicles that you, are coming out now. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You know, that that's just progress, you know? And so there's going to be those diehards that fight yeah, it yeah, because yeah. they got their own sure. pockets yeah, being but filled. You know, but Elon Musk, who, man, <laughs> that guy, he's done some crazy stuff lately. So I'm not saying this as like I'm this huge Elon Musk fan, but he, <laughs> he, he, I think he is brilliant. And he said something really interesting about progress. He said, you know, it, when you look at evolution of ideas and good, good policy, or good things that happen. You may look at it from the outside and say, well, this was going to happen anyway. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is no, you had, you had the private sector put a lot of money in and make these technological investments that resulted in an evolution like he did with SpaceX. You mm-hmm. know, right. things that, frankly, if he hadn't done, would we be as far along in either sure. of those things? You know, I, I uh, something I'm really proud of is um, 
in my day job, I led the campaign to protect the Oregon Mountain Desert Peaks National mm-hmm. Monument. Mm-hmm. A ten-year, another ten-year deal. Nice, this is a nice. friend of mine jokes. This is kind of a theme in my life. These nice. ten-year things, and I don't have a watch or a pin to show for it, but we do have a national monument. That's great, <laughs> we do. But um, people could look at the Oregon Mountains and look at that monument and say, "Well." I'm sure that would have eventually happened. Yeah, no, yeah, people right. fought us tooth yeah, and yeah, nail. Yeah. Things that seem so obvious, there are those that have vested interests against any of the things we're talking about. So, um, but why? It's, it's because just like they see money. They see money in it. Yeah, there's fear. There's a lot of factors. Well, just well you could take any of these things. You could look at protecting the mountains, and there's somebody who'd say, you know what? I think we actually ought to build houses up to every square inch of the mountain. <laughs> In fact, I had a big businessman in town, I won't say his name, right. uh, say, quote, this is when I was fighting for it, this is all developable land. And I had to sit there and say, you're correct, we could build houses up to, but you could also not do that, and you create a whole alternative economic opportunity for this community mm-hmm. that's the, quote, goose that laid the golden egg. Mm-hmm. So look at electric cars. You have the oil industry that says, hey, we view that as a threat. Or you look at the utilities that make money in this state from building new power plants that said, hey, why do we want to support Mm -hmm. Solar when that will constrain us building new power plants, which is how we make a return on investment on new infrastructure. Mm -hmm. So it's economic interests in a lot of cases that are fighting you on these things. But don't because you, they're just looking after their self-interest. I and know, is, but don't you don't you persuade them like you guys need to jump oh, on this too? Well, you try. They, no, you try. But but, but see, to me, that's the ine- inevitability of it all. Because you know, it's really uh, not them. But but now look at every car company's making electric vehicles. Well, are they gonna have to eventually? Oh, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. It's, well, it's inevitable, yeah, yeah. right? You know, and it's like, okay, here's a good one. Why in the hell don't we have a high-speed train in our country? Yeah, it's it's we a lot have, of it's a lot have of money. Stinking Amtrak. It's, <laughs> it's well, like, our country. You know that was another thing about Congress. Every few years, we would always pass a major transportation bill mm. in Congress. When I worked up there in Washington for a few years, I saw it. They they were called T Ice T Green T. They always had a different acronym. Right. T was stood for like transportation something something, and uh, and then when Congress kind of shut down during the Clinton years, and they moved to what they call continuing resolutions where they Mm. just fund our government through these last minute spending bills to keep our government from basically shutting down. Mm -hmm. But the regular order as some will call it of funding these appropriation bills and making these investments and working together, even in different parties that kind of broke down in Washington. And we used to do these big transportation bills where infrastructure was a part of that. That's why when we got something done under President Biden, it was kind of a big deal. Um, mm. So yeah, Mark. I mean, that's investment. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been saying this for years. The first yeah. high-speed rail that should have gone in was yeah. L.A. to Las Vegas, <laughs> dude. I it's know. big bucks. Yeah, you know. Not, okay, yeah, you're going to spend money to make it and build it and you know get take, it funded and plane. all. But dude, I no. can take a plane. You know how many people drive to I'm Vegas? Be the you put them again. on a high-speed rail. I'm going to start with my great. Oh, I, I can take a plane. Be great. You can. Uh-huh. So why do some I some people to... can't afford it? It'll Dude, be, you know it'll what they, be the you know price. in Spain, what's great is like the high the high speed rail system now is like doesn't cost anything for the public to take it. It's minimal cost. Not awesome. the high but speed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, I and they just the pa- they just passed the bill that that allows people to use these uh, trains. At a minimal cost. That's incredible. And, but they've gotten to that point. Right. They're so far advanced now that they can offer these services for minimal cost. We should have been doing this shit 40 years ago. We've fallen behind. Oh, we've fallen way behind. Why? And it's yes. pathetic. Well, like he says, other people with other interests and holding on to that that money bag. That's you it. You know, but this is like That's why it. we need well, to it's get like our- It's like healthcare. You know, I mean, oh, one of the God. biggest issues of them all. Oh, why, God. why do we pay more per mm-hmm. citizen in this country than any other industrialized country and get, mm-hmm. according to surveys, some of the worst results yeah. for a lot of people, as opposed to a system that really mm-hmm. treats healthcare more as a right than as something you have to have privilege to be able mm-hmm. to afford. It's pathetic. It's yeah. It's where you're, where you're prioritizing as a society. So it's. 
That's where the White House comes. It is. is. That's where the White House comes. I know. (laughs) Yeah. Well, but you need How do we beat all this shit? How do we beat it? We got to keep fighting, boys. Keep fighting. Keep voting. Don't give up, people. Your vote counts. It It means something. It matters. Yeah. And believe it or not, I mean, you know, when George Bush beat, quote, beat Al Gore, whether or not he really beat him in the year 2000, he won Florida which the entire country pivoted on that state's uh-huh. election results. The official count was he won by 537 votes. <laughs> wow. In that state, less than one vote per county in that state. Wow. So there are so many elections, you learn this running for office, that <laughs> are won. And I have seen in this county, I mean, elections that won and lost by less than 10 votes. Uh, crazy. I won an election one time by 40 votes, guys. That's I beat an incumbent. Insane. 40 wow. votes. Wow. And my fortunes were like, wow. And I got a call. <laughs> yeah, you've won by 40 <laughs> votes. Actually, it was 41 votes. And then when they had all the deaths that settled, it was down to 40. But um, so if you're listening right now, uh, believe me, you can be the person that turns the whole tide of your future and of a lot of things. That scares me, though, a little bit. What? The fact that the the margin is so small, that just tells you how the division is bad. Well, it is, but it's a a lot of people aren't voting either. Yeah. The voting numbers are, well, it should should be always like, oh, it should be huge, but okay. Sometimes sometimes you have those real narrow elections and you get 30 million people who voted. I mean, it's just, you've got major select fest on both sides and they both do really well <laughs> and you have good turnout it's right. just but we need great just, turnout you got to work hard and you know more times than not in a campaign i mean it's not just the better product but who works harder who mm-hmm. works smarter so who gets the word sometimes out. you should if you have even an extra five ten bucks mm. 20 bucks 100 bucks donate to somebody who's in the fight of their life politically. Right. You know, don't just look at it and say, well, I wish them luck. Or go canvas. No, they need go resources. They're out, they're out in a street fight. Right. Yeah, or Mark, you've been out, I think, knocking, knocking doors. Knocking on and some doors. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people don't understand that. Yeah. yeah. I, like, I mean, you said, I didn't know. I, I, I didn't know you don't make salary. Or right. Yet. A lot of things we don't know. Sure. So people maybe, assume. you know, yeah, people assume, you know, you work for the government, yeah. government pays you. Yeah, but, get, it, but get involved. You know, the government... Hey, if it's one thing maybe I could tell people to demystify it, is that we're accessible. I'm accessible as a person. You can pick up a phone and call me. Mm. Um, I'm accessible when I'm in Santa Fe voting on legislation. A lot of the ideas we get for legislation, we hear from people out there and say, hey, you really ought to work on this. So um, take responsibility for the things you care about and reach out to your elected officials and Mm. maybe help them in an election. What can they reach out to you for? Literally whatever is on their mind. You know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah, a lot of times it's it's like, what? Well, I don't know. So yeah, like if if you tell them that it's for well, it's like Mark. Mark was passionate about the film industry, right. and he would talk to any elected official who would listen to him. Mark was the guy, hmm. and uh, more so than any um, local resident. And so he came up to Santa Fe. He got involved. So that made an impact on me, mm. you know, having that conversation in that conference room that day with you and Dan and Pepper and the few people that showed up and took the time to come up there. Right. So, but, you know, um, I have people who reach out to me on all kinds of issues mm. from adoption, wildlife, mm. government, um, cannabis, you know, on one side or the other. Mm. And um, I mean, I, I've been contacted with crazy stuff. I'm sure. You know, people who, uh, anyway, I could tell you wild stories, but you know, I am, I'm here to be an advocate and to help people kind of break through these problems with the government where maybe they, they just haven't figured out a a solution. And, uh, so whatever, you know, I'm an advocate to help try to make government work for folks. So good, good. That's good to know. Now I'm going to be calling you, Jeff. Yeah, go visit him while he's up in session, man. I will. No, no, I saw him once. Yeah, I think once or twice. That's why I said he's a beast. Yeah, I mean, even going to the Capitol and just watching. Is that Jeff I know? I was like, holy, holy. Yeah, more more people should do it, huh? Absolutely. Yeah, they can come up and they can watch the debates and the session of, you know, they have the audience area. And it's fascinating, you know, and sometimes it's ugly, but, you know, politics is what it is. You got to. You know, 
make that deal. That's it. You know, you got to get those votes. Nothing comes easy, I guess. Give and you take. Mix and it up. That's how it. do you how do you feel about today's younger generation? TikTok. Besides, besides, it's a great question. I think, I think uh, a lot of them are great. You know, I think they're. You have faith in them, and sure, they're going to get politically involved. And I think, on some level, as we should expect, they're a reflection of what we're feeding them. Mm-hmm. They're a reflection of the diet and the culture that we've mm-hmm. helped create. Mm-hmm. And then, in some ways, they are um, transcending, and they're ready to meet the challenges that we have left for them, whether mm-hmm. it's on guns or democracy or the planet. These are existential threats to yeah. a young person who has most of their life ahead of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is one reason why I've always fought for to give them more power in the system. I, I got the law changed years ago, a handful of years ago. This is another bill I'm really proud of to allow 17-year-olds to vote in primary elections if they're going to be 18 by the time of the general election. Cool. Mm-hmm. Not an idea sure. everyone supported. Another one of those, uh, but it did have some bipartisan support. Right. Well, it's a, but it's I, a logical progression too. Well, yeah. if you're gonna right. if you're gonna be in, um, eligible to vote, eligible for to the, vote in the general, then why not be able to choose a nominee of a party? Sure. Exactly. Sure. But uh, and it but gets anyway, in. so I feel I feel like young people, they're looking to us to solve their problems. They're looking to us to cowboy up and do the right thing, and um, they get it. And there's some incredibly bright. Mm-hmm. Mature young people out there. Yeah, I'm just blow me away. So. I'm very impressed, and with my daughter, she's very yeah. active. She gets out there, and she'll go in March. You Love know, it. she'll get her friends together, and they'll they'll That's go awesome. out there. Yeah, and they'll mm-hmm. stand up for their rights and That's awesome. and fight for the the greater good for everybody. So I mean that that's. That's commendable. That and that and that and their hopes and dreams and the way that they look at issues, just purely from a standpoint of solve this problem. Right. Mm. Make me safer. Heal the planet. Yeah. That's the way government, that's where we should end up as a government. Not, you know, all these fights over self-interested parties. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the ugly stuff, which is part of our democracy. But we should arrive at a place where we're doing what's right for your daughter and the young people. And that is... Um, that motivates me. Mm-hmm. Be involved. Get involved. Listen. Get no, educated. I think that, that there is hope. I think there is hope. There's it is, hope. you know, but so, sometimes you just like, you get beat down and you're like, shit, we're doomed, you know? <laughs> I know. It's like, no, but like you said, the new generation, I noticed a lot of, a lot of hope in them. Mm-hmm. I did. I really did. Let's just, you know, you mentioned your daughter. I seen my kids too. So they think different. They really do. So, which is good. That's awesome. It's always good. Well, you guys are hopeful, optimistic people, and I know that that's had a positive influence on them. Of course. Of course. We're doing our best, and, you know, knowing people like Jeff the Bee. (laughs) Jeff the Bee Steinborn. (laughs) (laughs) You have a new nickname now. Yeah, I've been called a lot of things. The Beast is a new one tonight. We're going to do this. I want Jeff to look at his camera, and it's all on you, baby. Plug in whatever you want to plug in. What do you need to say? What do you want to say to people out there? It's great to be with you guys. It's really an awesome to be with you. And Thank congratulations you on all your success. I, I wanted to uh, d- take a minute and celebrate what you created with, with uh, Gaete, Broken oh, Gaete. Thank you. And, thank you know, you. kind of a tie into politics was there was a line <laughs> in your movie which hit me like a lightning rod. And I've thought about it a lot since then just uh, because of how, what a prophetic observation it was on politics where they ruled the people with this document. Uh-huh. And then at one point, I think it was your truly over here, uh, Mr. <laughs> state's evidence. All right. He turned state's evidence on his people. But uh, he said, there's nothing on this paper. Right. Yeah. Right. right. You're being led around by BS. Oh. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're being fed a false prophet. Yeah. 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 And uh, so there's obviously a lot about politics. You of understand, course. Huh? Of course. It's hugely and, uh, poignant. Yeah. yeah, it really, it really was. I watched the movie today with my dad. Oh, Did yeah? you? He's like, this is like, wow. Yeah. He's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I, I'm having hard times following it, but it's crazy. Yeah. But, it, but it means something, That's you know? Good. Yeah, it did. That's and, good. you know, it's... It's what you hope to do, right? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Creating, the whole point, yeah. creating art and yeah. making Making people think. Yeah. yeah, get them That's involved, get them, them thinking. Think. Yeah. 
I wasn't gonna feed him McDonald's. Think, think for a minute, man. <laughs> yeah. Don't make the food. You know, like the, in Egypt, they have this thing before they kill it. They have a thing, uh, a duck. So they make uh, garlic with a bunch of herbs or whatnot. They smash that stuff together. They take the duck and open the mouth. They feed it. Mm-hmm. And they push that stuff all the way through the duck alive. Mm. So once it's really nice fed, they kill it. Of course. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't want to feed people <laughs> garlic and herb. I want them to think for I a minute. I want them to use their minds. <laughs> yeah, think yeah. for a little bit. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah there's, there's that in the movie too. It's like, well... <laughs> The elders have taken care of that for us. We don't have to think anymore. Exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But no, that was that was awesome. Jeff? Yeah. This is fun. Thank you guys. Thanks for coming Thank in. you, man. I, I know you're super busy and so it means a lot to yeah. us to come out and talk. You got it. And your information is always awesome and yeah. positive and forward and yeah. we need more of that in the world. Yes, we do. Thanks, guys. Thanks for people we, vote. Vote, 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 vote. For humanity. For humanity. <laughs> yep. Make it, get out there, take accountability for for the world that you want to live in. Exactly. And you, you can't make a difference. Make it happen. Right on. Here's to you, dude. Thank dude, you for Jeff, being with thanks us. Thanks for being Cheers. with us. That Cheers. was awesome. Another one. Pleasure. Cheers. Yes, yeah, sir. Cheers. You're far, but Play some music. And there we go. And Jeff can drum to it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeffy's what? here with what? us. <laughs> He's going to start rapping. Vote for the people because Jeff is here. He said, vote for the people. Steinborn is here. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I love to be dead. Hey, that's a too late. That's good. That's good. All right, everybody. Cheers. Right. Thank you, guys. Stay happy. Peace out. Stay healthy. All right, cool. Bam, bam, bam. Recording, right? <laughs> that was fun. <laughs>